How's it going, folks? I'm Graham Boyd, Xbox Live's AC Bongos, and when I'm not supporting Aberdeen Football Club, I'm listening to the Party Chat Podcast. Xbox on. Game on, baby! Wow! And welcome to the Party Chat Podcast, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. I'm your host, Ross Miller, and this week I'm joined by everyone's favourite queen of cosplay. It's Karina. Hey. <laughs> that was very <laughs> enthusiastic. I know. I was just, no, I was trying to think about, uh, I, I need a better entrance. You need a better like, entrance? In, no, not from your side, from my side. I just always say hi and I'm like, it's a bit boring. All right, okay. <laughs> I just don't know. I'll come up with something. No I'll problem. come up with something. Someone else is going to host, so I can actually say once. You know, just come in with my nice little entrance. That'd be quite nice, just for the once. <laughs> and also a lord and savoury snack. It's delicious cheese. Hi. Hi. Wait, no, no, no. What is it? Hey now. Hey now. Everyone seems to go with that for some bizarre reason. I do not I blame know why became a thing. Yeah. Talking to Clay, he can't join us this week because he's having a full body wax. So good luck with that. We look forward to seeing the results on Instagram later <laughs> in the week. But I can't traditionally, that was the first thing you came up with. Yeah, I was thinking about waxing myself. It came up. Oh, right. <laughs> but anyway, we usually start this podcast with what we have been playing and i'm going to go to you reese what have you been playing this week um i've actually been pretty busy this week i haven't had that much time to to play too many games i did play some more of um what is it so lucky's tale i'm trying to get through that um the game is adorbs i have to say it's it's super cute uh i really like it uh and i also played uh, a little bit of uh a little bit more of yeah, Ilomilo. What? Ilomilo. What is Ilo, that? Ilomilo. Wait, how do you say it? Ilomilo. Ilomilo. Yeah, it's a a little Swedish game uh, that came out for the 360, and it's on backwards compatibility. And it's probably one of the most adorable puzzle games you will ever play. There's two two little two little characters called Ilo and Milo, uh, and Ilo and Milo are like these little, like the world is sort of like made out of plushies. Everything is some sort of like stitched together plushie. And they're these cute little little alien things with, with big eyes and like buttons for eyes. And they're really cute. And the, the game is sort of set in this floating world where everything is on a grid. Uh, and you can only move forward, backwards, left and right in like, like in, in the grid pattern. And the goal is to make Ilo and Milo meet up. So they have to be standing on bricks opposite to one another. And the game has like really twisted gravity and you have to, it, it, like towards the end, it is seriously brain busting to, to figure out how to get yourself to make these two dudes meet up, uh, or dude and do that. But, uh, it's just, it's just adorable. I'm so sad they never made a sequel. Um, but yeah, it's, it's on backwards compatibility. So I was playing that. It's just, it's adorbs. You're just like, no. 
Okay, actually, that sounds quite interesting. I might have to look into this because I do Honestly, like games like this. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's cute and it's adorable, uh, but it's actually also it's actually kind of dark. It's it's kind of sad in a in a a lot of a lot of uh, it's made by Swedish developers, and a lot of Nordic games tend to have these really dark undertones. Uh, so it's got that going for it, but also it's just a really good puzzle game. It is like seriously brain busting towards the end like i spent i I 100 percent of the game back on the 360 but but i spent like 10 minutes just staring trying to like map out the area in 3d space trying to figure out exactly where i should go and in in what order i should move things and especially the bonus levels are really hard so i i recommend you look it up i-l-o-m-i-l-o ilomilo I was just looking at images. It looks really like a really old game where you was like a ball and you had oh, to go over blocks. I know the one And you had to turn about. the screen. And it was like a PC game, but like really, really old PC game. Um, it looks really similar, but obviously not as cute. I think that one was more just pixels and bright colours. <laughs> I remember that game when it was in the arcade. Where it was uh, PC and you used to control, it was like a marble, wasn't it? And used to control the marble with yeah. the actual ball. Marble Madness? Marble Madness, that's that. Oh, possibly. I just couldn't yeah. remember the name. Yeah. Yeah. It really reminds me of that. On the front of the arcade machine, there was a giant ball, and you had to roll the ball in the direction of how you wanted to, to move it. Really? Yeah. I that. never saw that. That was many a British seaside favourite. That and Moonraker. <laughs> Wouldn't want any more detail about that. But Karina, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Karina, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I have been still living the pan life with the chicken dinners. Uh, I all I have been playing nonstop is a uh, PUBG. Although I don't think I've got any chicken dinners this week. Um, but no, I'm I'm getting better and better. Still trying to get a duo chicken dinner, but no, I'm I'm a bit doesn't, a bit obsessed. It doesn't count. Duo, duo does not count. Why does duo not count? You have to get it in in solo for it to really mean something. That's oh, the rule. That was my first one. Oh, okay. So in that case, you're all right. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, we know I've still not had a solo chicken. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why. Have I you got a squad one? I've got a squad. I've got a couple of squads. I've got a couple of duo. Um, I've got over a fifty percent top ten. Oh, sweet. That's so, that's really good. That is really good. Um. Yeah, like, for moving on about what we're playing, I, I've also still living that pan life, um, constantly playing PUBG with any spare moments that I get. Although my seven-year-old son had me playing Roblox today. That was <laughs> last night, did you, sorry. Did you do the pizza parlor? No, I didn't do the uh, pizza parlor. I, I was is doing, there a story I, here? Is there a story here? <laughs> what the about? pizza parlor? Just no, you just robot? you just make pizza and sell it and make money and then make a bigger pizza parlor. And for some reason, it's the only robots thing I know. Okay. I, I'm going to speak <laughs> to the parents here. I don't know about you, but that game is the best game at taking money out of my wallet I have ever seen. This again? <laughs> Honestly. Is it a subscription one? No, just they get perks and items if they buy uh, VIP and things like that. It's just designed to take your money off of you. But surprisingly enough, my son was playing a version of Papers, Please, a PC game, um, where you have to check people's passports. Thought that they was made that in Roblox? They made that game in Roblox. They made everything. That's great. You can get Friday the 13th, a wee bit of Rocket League, FIFA. 
It's got everything. How they get away with the licensing and they haven't been shut down, I do not know. <laughs> Only Dan TDM knows, I think. But anyway, <laughs> uh, back to PUBG. I had a brilliant game last night where Karina and I were the last two people standing and I think I got five kills, but essentially I stood in the one place for about 20 minutes just sniping people. Oh, yeah. No, that was really good. Didn't you have, I think, an eight-time scope and literally were just sniping people running on the roofs? Yes. It was exactly. It was brilliant. Yeah. So, and it's funny, like, one minute you're close up with a shotgun, the next minute you're on a roof sniping. The game is so varied. And the fact that you can die at any moment means that PUBG is going to be my game to go to for a very, very long time. But will we find out what's been happening in the subreddit this week? Probably should. Cue the music. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. This week in the subreddit. So this week in the subreddit, um, something which has been rumoured for a while and is still considered a rumour is that Microsoft is plotting a fable Return according to <laughs> so <laughs> Gaddict One, the user posted today that Eurogamer are saying that Playground Games are making the next Fable open world game. What do you guys think about that? Are you happy to have more Fable but from a different developer? Well, I think I think that uh, Karina thinks ee! Uh so that's that's pretty. Pretty much speaks for itself, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I did not have any particular attachment to the developers themselves. I always found them to be see, Fable is charming and fun, but it's never been perfect. You know, for every good decision, there's been two bad ones. Uh, so, so, but it was always the charm of Albion and the the people and the settings and the silly stuff that you could do that sort of kept you coming back despite the, the rough edges, I guess. But uh, I, I think I think we can give uh, another developer a shot. Uh, at least it's something, right? Like it's, it's Fable again. A lot of people in the comments were discussing where they think, like if it'll be a reboot or not, because, you know, a lot of people have never even heard of Fable, younger, younger people anyway. Um, so... I think that's interesting, and I honestly think they might reboot it because the series has had this sort of trademark time jump. Yeah. You know? I, I saw someone commenting that basically the series goes from – it started in, like, the medieval era, and then it jumped to, like, the – what was it, like, the Renaissance? Yeah, it's, I'm, re- I'm reading a comment verbatim. It just went to the, uh, the, the Renaissance, and then it went to the Industrial Era. And so you can't really go forward from that, right? It doesn't really make sense unless you want magic fable in the modern era, like in the 80s. That'd be pretty badass. But, uh, but yeah. So what else can you do but reboot? Yeah. Like for me, this is all going to be about the writers. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we can all agree that Playground know how to build worlds. They know how to do mechanics well. Um, if they can capture the, the sort of quirky humor, that Fable has, then we're going to be on to a winner, I think. Is there a better world creator in the, the 
in the playground as such as uh, playground games? Uh, well, see, they don't know how to make racing games, though. Like, a racing playground is different to an open world game. An open world game is dense. Racing games are actually quite sparse. If you were to be able to get out of your car and walk, there would just be nothing for kilometers. But when you're in a car doing 400 kilometers an hour, you don't really notice it. But, you know, you're saying that Forza Horizon 3 was sparse? Yeah, it is. If you, like, by way of how much, like, the, the area of Forza Horizon 3 is huge. And it's because you drive around in a car. It's necessarily huge. I mean, you could probably drive across Skyrim in less than two minutes if you had a car. I really want to do that now. (laughs) Pretty awesome. I saw, uh, I don't know if you guys ever caught this ridiculous meme, but uh, there was um, someone modded uh, Breath of the Wild to let the main character be the car from the Japanese anime and game series Initial D. And it was like drifting everywhere. <laughs> That's some crazy. <laughs> it's, it's pretty. Bad. And they were playing like this crazy Japanese Eurobeat music while he was drifting around the last boss and stuff like that. It's a great. It's a great video. I, I highly suggest you look it up. Um, but guys, do you have a favorite fable character? Oh, because I do. I do. But the I'm dog. You go first. Not the dog. Okay. None of them, because I haven't played through any of them. You, you, wait, yeah, as in played what? through? I haven't played at all. I've played bits, but I haven't played through any of the games. What? Well, the funny thing is, is it, it was part of the last story, but Fable Anniversary is coming to Games Pass in uh, February. So I'll, I'm going to commit myself to play through the Fable games because I'll then have them all. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I will play through them, but I've seen videos, I've played bits of Fable games, uh, they were just out at a point in my life where I wasn't into that. But I've mm-hmm. always liked the look of them. I've always liked the humour. The bits that I've seen are very funny. And that's why I go back to my point about the the, the writing is is if they have the right writers on board, I think, you know, they could be onto something special here. But Karina, you've you've kept quite quiet here. <laughs> I am so excited for a new fable. And I just I'm just a bit worried though, because what just okay? I just dropped something. Um, I'm just a bit worried that the fact it's now a new company. I've seen a few people comment on this as well, and I agree that uh, as much as I think playground games will do a good job, it's it's not going to be the same. You can the thing is with Fable, it was always the same or roughly the same team. You know, they all understood the game. They all understood, you know, where they were go like heading with it. And I feel like having a brand new company taking on a new like a sequel. Uh, and like you say, especially one that does like car games. Um, I, I don't know if you could kind of get any further from open world than cars. Um, but I don't know. I'm just that's my worry um, that they won't capture the essence that the original Fable series had. However, I am. Um, I will be buying it. if they do make one. I will be buying it. If they make a collector's edition, I will be buying it. And I hope they bring out the Spire <laughs> missions. Um, I really uh, hope they bring back the Spire, but that that's that's the issue. If it is a new company, are they are they allowed to go back to original stuff? But yeah, I suppose Microsoft they've technically bought IP. the license, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Microsoft owns the IP. By the way, my my favorite character for anyone listening is Reaver. Ah, oh, that's a good choice. He's the best. He's voiced by Stephen Fry. It's basically just Stephen Fry like self insert fan fiction, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> and he he better be in the new one. <laughs> um. 
just sort of trying to imagine that now. <laughs> You're really oh, enticing me great. to play this game. Okay, so so Reva is a, uh, I guess you'd call him omnisexual because he likes everything. Like Morrissey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, like this. He's a really like he's really a really twisted and like sados like sadosexual character who's like this recurring villain in the series but he's never a major villain he's just a character in the world who is evil but not necessarily evil he's like well he is but he's not he's just he's he's immortal and he's just this he's just this guy who's like really like if you, if you just picture like this uh, immortal sort of aristocrat who's been there and done everything, but basically all he thinks about is money and sex, and he's like news, and he's voiced by Stephen Fry, so he just he just really hams it up, and he's so fun to talk to and listen to, and it, uh, he has a sex dungeon in the bottom of his house that you can find in Fable Two. <laughs> Pretty sure there's and, a mission in it. A mission. Yeah, yeah, I think there, there is too. He becomes one of your advisors, I think, in Fable Three, and he's just he's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. Well, I to... well Go sorry, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I hope they bring back the doors as well. Do you remember the doors? Oh, the doors were great. I can't remember. They're, they're actually called something. I can't remember what it is. But them doors, they're, they're really. Uh, <laughs> I realize someone who doesn't play Fable would be like, "Why are you interested about doors?" But they, they were a brilliant part of Fable. Yeah. For those who don't know, there's doors of, uh, around the world that are magical, and they, uh, they talk. They have a face. Uh, they're like big stone doors. And if you, when you walk up to them and speak to them, they'll, they'll basically, they normally tell you something and you have to figure out a way to open the door. Uh, like maybe you have to cross dress as a woman or, or do something ridiculous, you know, but, um, they all have really, like really, really, really sarcastic, uh, voice acting. And they're really like, they're really depressed, most of them. Um, and it's just, it's just funny. It's great. It's very British, the humour. A question for you, Reese. Was you good or evil? <laughs> I was evil. I was <laughs> so evil. Hundred <laughs> percent. Reese is a Chris Jericho of this podcast, I think. <laughs> I did I did all the worst things. I even sacrificed my wife to a cult. Oh. Is that in the game or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well will the game or will fable be the talk of the playground time will tell you did this whole section just so you could say that i totally did (laughs) (laughs) but moving on to another rumor that came out this week now cd project red have been quite quiet of late but we already know that their next project is cyberpunk 2077 user Falconbox, no idea who he is, uh, has posted that it's going to be present at E3 2018 with a trailer and a behind the closed doors demo of the game. Are we excited to see what's next from the Witcher developers, guys? I'm so excited just because it's cyberpunk. You love cyberpunk? I do. That's I, your I, favorite genre. It's my favorite genre. I live, eat, and breathe it. Like it, even my 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 cell phone. If you were to see it, like it's been, it has like a really cyberpunk '80s sort of theme. I love all the subreddits, um, like r r slash r slash r outrun, which is like got all this uh, cyberpunk sort of aesthetic from the '80s. Uh, I just I love it, and 
it's I can't wait, especially from such talented developers too. Like it's just gonna be, oh, it's just gonna be awesome. And I think that's what makes it exciting. The you know the developers of The Witcher. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't know whether to be. I I need to see it first. I don't want to get excited about something that I don't, I don't know. I need to I need to see something other than they're the ones that tweeted beep, weren't they? Yes, yeah, they tweeted beep. There's a, there's a great like, meme what? that made it to the front page of gaming. It's got it's like a, 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 a it's got a picture of like all the biggest releases from last year. You know, like Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, um, the, 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 what was it, the Horizon Zero Dawn, like all these new games. You know, new IPs, new games. Uh, and, and then the captions like you know thousands of hundreds of new IPs and exciting games. And there's a picture of Geralt looking really bored. And then uh, and then there's like. Uh, some random Twitter account tweets the word beep, and then there's Geralt like sitting up paying attention. <laughs> and that's basically how the internet is reacting to that. It's marketing done right, though. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. It's, for, for me, I'm, I'm middle ground, so Karina needs to see it. Reese um, is probably a day one buy for him. But for me, I, I'm middle ground in that I love The Witcher, I love CD Projekt Red, the done so well even their free DLC that they were giving out and even their paid DLC was amazing but you know for me I can't wait to see what that studio does next but I just don't know what Cyberpunk 2077 is all about yet a bit like Karina and I need to see more about it before I can jump fully aboard this hype train so my concern as well is, is it going to be an E3 2018 coming 2020? You know, is, is it going to be miles away? Because that is... When, when, did, when did The Witcher come out? Witcher 3? Oof. What? Two, three, three years, years ago? ago? Yeah. So they've... Hmm, Probably three yeah, years small... by the time, the, you know, this E3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're a small team, so... Hmm, maybe, maybe they will need a couple more years because The Witcher games took quite a few years in between. I um, I'm not going to lie. I I went through uh, and added lots and lots of people in my LinkedIn that work for CT Project Red just in the off chance I've seen anything coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're not the I know you're not the only person who does that. I think. Did yeah. I ever tell you I have a signed copy of The Witcher Two? Wow, who signed it? Um, a couple of dudes actually. Um, I I would need to go and dig it up, and I can't do that right now. Otherwise, I'd have to interrupt the podcast. But I will tell you guys uh, next week. Sure. Well, we'll look forward Sweet. to that. And it has uh, Fortemeria scribbled across it as well. Mm. I don't know who wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> well, One of them. we want to know your thoughts. Are you excited for Cyberpunk 2077? And what do you think the game is actually going to be? Let us know in the comments under this podcast or by tweeting us at Party Chat Pod. Gonna be a turn-based fantasy RPG, JRPG. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna happen. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, next story is a rumor turned true. So that is finally Dark Souls One remastered for Switch, PS4, PC, and of course our favorite Xbox One has finally been announced. Guys, are you looking forward to actually going back and playing that game? Have you played Dark Souls One? Why should we go back and play it? I haven't played any of the Dark Souls. Neither have I. Oh no. I have played Dark Souls 1. It was Games with Gold, and that was the first time that I played it. 
And the reason being is that I hadn't played it before because I'd heard how frustrating it was. I'm not going to lie. People talk rubbish. It was easy as anything. Oh? Yeah. Did you not die a lot? Yeah, I died hundreds of times, but I don't think it was anywhere near as bad as what people are talking about. Once you get the mechanic down, it is, or the mechanics down, I think it is totally fine. It's like any other game, you learn the mechanic, and at this moment, I would say Cuphead is harder than Dark Souls 1. Just about to ask, what what games do you think are harder than what? Actually, what game do you think is like frustrating? Like, what game frustrates you to the point where you can't play it? FIFA. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> the classical European answer. I should have known. Okay, Madden. Um, no, like I, I would say, FIFA is more frustrating than this. I enjoyed playing through Dark Souls One. I will probably pick this up. I will probably really enjoy playing through it again. But I feel as if the focus is always on how difficult it is, whereas the game itself is fun. It's great to be challenged, and I'm really looking forward to playing this in 4K textures. We really should uh, have Mikey back on the podcast if we ever get a chance to to have our uh, schedules line up, because Mikey is a huge Dark Souls nut, and he's... uh, He's you know played all of the games you know back to front a hundred times over so uh, he's he's definitely the one you want to talk to about Dark Souls. So can I ask why haven't you played it? Is it because you've heard it's difficult? Because it, you never fancied it? Why oh. why haven't you played it? it well, you know, it. so uh, basically my time is valuable, and there's so many games that I I don't even have time to play all the games that I want. I haven't even played uh, I haven't even played PUBG yet. I really, really want to. Uh, so when there's a game I'm not really interested in that comes from, uh, like it's got the sort of dark fantasy, which doesn't really appeal to me that much unless there's a real interesting twist to it. For example, the Witcher, the Witcher series is dark fantasy, but it has such a good story and good characters that I, I pay attention, but Dark Souls does not. Uh, although I know, I know a lot of, I just made a lot of people on the internet really angry. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's it's Japanese, and Japanese game design is really annoying uh, at the best of times. Um, there's a lot of a lot of elements uh, inherent to Japanese game design, especially in uh, a third person sort of RPG action game, that really annoy me. So basically, I just sort of cut my losses and was like, yeah, no, I'll skip this. And I've done it for all of them, and I haven't ever felt bad about it either. I mean, I, I skipped Final Fantasy games. I played seven and uh, six and seven, and that was enough for me. Well, moving on to the next story, and Reese, this one's a little bit close to home for you. Uh, in an interview with Remedy, they stated that the traditional AAA single player experience is really, really expensive to make, and costs had went up ten times. And that comes from user play me. So does that mean we're not going to see anything else AAA from Remedy? Well, I actually have heard those exact words from the guys at Remedy, uh, like at while I was at the studio, just just chatting with them. They they were all saying that like this this game is expensive. It's a, in fact I think the most expensive video game ever made in Finland, uh, and it's just. They kind of went overboard, I have to say, because, you know, they made a TV series, they hired all these amazing actors, but at the same time, 
it's true, you know, like as games get harder to make, like, you know, AAA has to have like the bleeding edge of graphics and sound and, and all that sort of stuff. So of course you need a huge team like Dice, for example, they have a gigantic team to churn those games and it still takes them two years. Uh, and they've got like, you know, EA's fistfuls of money and, you know, same with, uh, Activision Blizzard, you know, they've got the money to, to do it, but it, it's costly for sure. And for a small independent developer like Remedy, and I saw a lot of people saying that Remedy is Microsoft's naughty dog, and that is just not true. Remedy is a small independent developer, uh, and Microsoft just happened to publish their last two games. That's all. Yeah, they don't, but, they don't own the studio. But we'll just, no, just no. interject, like, so they went from Max Payne 1 and 2, which didn't have cutscenes other than displaying images on the screen, Mm-hmm. To, to Alan Wake with, you know, some acted scenes to a full blown TV series. You mentioned Overboard, but they went massively over the top here. Like, yeah. What did they expect is what I'm trying well, to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, they're not really, they're not complaining about the cost of the TV series because that's their, that's their thing, right? It's just that, uh, making AAA games is, is really hard and really expensive for an independent studio. Like not very many can, can pull it off, especially not in Finland where things are really, really expensive. Uh, and Remedy has a huge office. They have their own building, uh, in the middle of the forest. It's just out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, but Remedy is currently making two new games that I know of. Uh, one of them is a top down shooter. Um, it's like meant to be an homage to those sort of eighties Hong Kong um, shoot 'em ups, and it's, it looks a bit like, um, sorry, what's that game that everyone loves? That, that 80s Hotline top Miami. down game. Hotline Miami. Thank you, Rossin, oh. with the save. It looks a bit like that. Um, uh, so there's that, but that's not AAA. And they're also doing that thing with the Korean shooter. Yeah, um, they've been, so that's, that's, I, w- I guess you'd call that double A, but, I mean, you know, basically Remedy needs to stay afloat. <laughs> so they need to make some games in the meantime to before they make another AAA. But, I mean, it's what they do. I, I know some of these guys, you know, and they they really love it. You know, they, they live and breathe AAA games, and they live and breathe story-driven AAA games. Like, you know, Sam Sam Lake, the creative director, he he's an amazing writer. Everyone knows that. And he just, he just loves making stories for for games you know so i really don't think that it's the end of triple a games from remedy but uh it will be interesting to see if many of the smaller previously triple a game developers can keep up um there was there was that game i know i'm rambling but there was that game that came out last year um called um was it it was uh, someone something sacrifice starts with an s oh um uh, was it Suna? Setsu- I uh, wanted to say Senu, but it's not Senu. Senu's the eagle. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Senua. Senua's Sacrifice. I don't know about this. It's by Team Ninja, and they're a okay. AAA developer uh, from Japan, uh, but they they made what a lot of people called a double A game yeah. in this Senua's Sacrifice, and it looks really nice, uh, but it's small and 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 tight, and people really liked it. But they only released it digitally, and they only charged thirty bucks for it. Uh, so it got it, it did really well. So I think that might be where the smaller 
developers who used to make AAA games end up making these like sh- smaller, you know, like shorter, more compact games that they can release digitally for like 30 bucks. I think that might be where we end up seeing the trend go. You can actually see even some like huge developers doing that. You've got one, is it No Escape? Oh, yeah. Or, uh, like coming out and uh, Ubisoft played with the Ruby Art games and things like that. Like there is money to be made without having the AAA title. Absolutely. I mean, it's just... It's not necessary to make a good game. Look, look, at, look at Overcooked. It's one of my yeah. favorite games of last year. It probably cost a couple thousand dollars to make. <laughs> um, like for, for me as well, when it comes to this, is the fact that they have the engine. You know, the yeah. really, really expensive yeah. coding parts, okay. they, they have it there. You know, why and not I, use that for another amazing you, experience if you like telling stories? You want to know why one of the reasons that Remedy games cost a lot is they make their own engine and they make the new one for every game i did not know that yes oh that's pretty they have they have their own engines they don't they don't buy them they they use havoc for the physics but they they make their own engines it has a name i can't remember what it's called but uh i think it's like north light or something anyway they make their own engines so that's another reason why development costs go up for remedy karina this could potentially be your career with what you're studying at university, being, you know, potentially moving into production. Like, for you, does the idea of working on smaller titles or AAA titles, what excites you more? See, we have this debate all the time. Um, a lot of people want to go on, do their own business, become basically indie indie developers. Um, whereas I, I'm one of the people that just think, oh, go big or go home. I mean... Triple A titles always excite me, like, no matter what. I mean, at the end of the day, they're the ones I used to play. Um, I never, I mean, I'm into a lot of indie titles now, but I never, originally I was, I was, you know, the sheep that did all the big, that would just play all the big titles. And I've always, yeah, I've always looked towards Triple A. And, you know, it, it's worrying when you see companies go down because of, like we were saying earlier, the standards that everything has to be at now. And not only the standards of all the companies, but the standards that, like, the players push on companies these days. You know, everyone wants better graphics, better sound, better movement. Just, and I think that's, I think that's the issue. You know, it's, you always wanting to do better than the last. It's like, why can't we just sit and enjoy games? I mean, think of Destiny 2, right? What was one of its biggest complaints before it, you know, Bungie kept making mistake after mistake <laughs> after mistake? But it's one of its biggest initial complaints was, just looks like Destiny 1.5. This looks like an expansion to Destiny. Doesn't look any better. It's like, well, come on, guys. Destiny already looks amazing. <laughs> it's like, well, that's it exactly. Yeah. Like, it's you. You see people. Well, no, that yeah. That's the thing. People nowadays, they just go, oh, it's just the same as original. And companies are now having to either, I don't know, you turn into EA and you add it as attachments, but make people pay for it, or you know, or you try and make a new game, but pe- people want. Even if you make a sequel, like you say, like Destiny Two, people just expect something totally different. But then if you make something totally different, it's not the original game. So. <laughs> Like you're gonna you're gonna lose that touch. So it's like companies are just in like a bad circle, but it's not because of them. It's just because ma- mainly the players. We 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 put we just want too much. <laughs> we need to chill. <laughs> and think of mobile yeah. games. Oh yeah, mobile games are huge now. I was just about to come in with that exact point. You can oh make please go so so much money from mobile games now. It's a bit like why would the effort come in to make a AAA title 
when you can make a lot of money off of mobile and low-cost Steam games and, and things like that? You know, why put the effort in when you can make money quickly through mobile? Um, I, I hope this isn't a sign for the future that, as Karina pointed out, that other developers go down that route. The traditional AAA single-player experiences have said in this article is, is what really, how can I put it, gets me excited. When i seen the um, trailer even for Destiny 2, or the first time i seen the the, the, tra- uh, the trailer for Quantum Break, I was amazed. I, I couldn't wait to play the game. And although some AA games get me excited, recently Observer and um, last week's guess even, you know... The, the, oh, the, yeah, Observer. Yeah. Yeah, like the, these, these games do get me excited, but for, there's nothing like an E3 showreel showcasing something amazing. So I hope that we don't just lose that yep. to the huge, huge big companies because let's face it, they've not been doing too good recently. They haven't. You know what? You know what? That, you just the way you said that, it just basically clicked in my mind. You know that AAA games are they're like popcorn flicks. They're the the Marvel movies. Of, of video games like there are a few come out a year everyone loves them they look good they cost a whole bunch of money to make most of the time they don't even break even but but everyone goes and sees them right unless and you're then, gta unless you're gta, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> unless you're GTA. Um, and then you know the double a games are a bit like the 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 middle medium budget films and then of course indie games are just the same as 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 indie movies, I suppose it's it's. I think every kind of game has their place, and I mean, as you said, mobile games, and I said too. Think of the Finnish developer Supercell; they're not too far from Remedy, and they have only 130 employees, and they have more daily active users than all three consoles combined. Like they make billions just off of their couple of games, you know, and so it's not. I don't think it's the budget that counts in the end. It's the quality of the game and the, the heart and soul behind it. You know, like if, if you're a good enough developer, you will make a good game with what you have, I think, anyway. Well, what's next for Remedy? Will they continue making AAA? Only time is going to tell. But moving on to the next story, and there's been the first backwards compatibility announced games of the year, so I'm led to believe anyway. So you can now backwards compatibly play. Is that is that correct? I, I thought you were going to say you can now backwards compatible, and I was like, <laughs> mm, where's it going with this? <laughs> um, you can now do Sniper Elite V2, Far Cry 2, and Driver San Francisco, available on disc or digitally. If previously purchased. So I don't think you can buy Driver San Francisco as far as I'm allowed to believe. Well, I don't think it's available to buy. But Far Cry 2, I think, you know, was one that the fans have been crying out for. So are you excited for any of these games? Not really. Not really. So no one wants to play Far Cry 2? I've never played it, so... It's the I one played it when it first came out. I don't really feel the need to play it again. Okay. I've not really finished Far Cry. Uh, is it Far Cry Five? I've got. There's one of the Far Cry's that I've not even finished yet. I'd like they, they all sort of blend just, into one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Driver San Francisco is actually really good. 
by the way. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've never played it, but... Oh, it has a, a really cool mechanic that you're like basically a ghost and you possess cars. I'm not even joking. What? You possess cars. It's an open world game uh, and you you can essentially leave your car and you like fly out of the car and, and then you f- can go into the mind or the, and you go into another car and take control of it. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, you it's, it's, my it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you know, it's like swapping cars in GTA, but instead of getting out and stealing another car, you just sort of float out of the car and, and take control of the other one. And they really mix it up with that uh, mechanic. It's like, uh, like it's actual part of the game. And, um, a central pro- plot point essentially. So they they really go all in. You know, when you have a mechanic that stupid, you either you got you got to ham it up basically, and it's really fun. It's it's, it's a cool mechanic. I recommend uh, picking it up if you see it like in a two dollar bin at uh, at the well, not, you know, not, GameStop or not whatever. Now it's um, backwards compatible. Uh, backwards compatible, should I say? It will now be priced up to a minimum of ten dollars or ten pounds because it's <laughs> backwards compatible, and everyone will be suddenly buying it. Uh, as happens with every other BC game. But moving on, this is a big story. Seamus has got his way. Guys, the new Duke controller is available at the end of March at the price in dollars of $69.99. Question, would you pick up the Duke or the Sea of Thieves controller? Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves controller. It glows in the I, dark. Yeah. No, I love the Duke. It's nostalgia, and I actually really enjoyed using it. But Sea of Thieves controller is probably the coolest controller I've ever seen. So is this just a nostalgia cash-in, or is this going to be... Yes. Okay. Yeah, but you <laughs> I mean, that, that, I, I don't think anyone can deny that's what it is. But, I mean, hey, why not? My, Nintendo still sells every single model of their controllers they've ever made, and they sell, like, gangbusters. How do gangbusters sell? I don't know. I thought I was, I thought I was using uh, British vernacular. I don't know what gangbusters are. Must be American. Well, I'm actually quite excited for this. Um, Mr. Blackway was, was talking about this for a very, very long time. There's prototypes on his Twitter that looked really, really cool. And I like a bit of nostalgia so i think if i have some spare cash i will be picking one of these up purely just to look at probably not to play with but but the, the sea of thieves controller bro yeah that's true it looks so good <laughs> yeah it glows in the dark this is true i want i want one so bad <laughs> do you understand the first thing i'm gonna do is just sit there and turn my lights on and off for like <laughs> 10 minutes i don't like, think just the controller watch. can do that oh Wait, uh, is it one of those where you've got to collect the light? Because every time I've had stuff where it only glows in the dark when it's got, I don't know, UVs from the lights, then I end up melting them. I don't know. Maybe we can ask real that question <laughs> next time. I, on, which will probably be next week, knowing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have the rare, rare Sea of Thieves um, figurines that glow in the dark, too. Yeah, I've little, as well, actually. Little, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, don't we all have one? Not sure. Not sure. But, Karina, uh, do you have one? No. Oh, but, oh, that's uh, well, you know, us cool kids who have one. Uh, they they're like little pirate ghosts, and they glow in the dark. So, what have you guys getting the new books? Is that yeah. Thieves books? There's two. I've got uh, we free. I've got the um, 
art one on pre-order and i think my mum's getting the tales of sea of thieves for her birthday so that's also pre-ordered i don't know if they're releasing anymore they probably will do karina when sea of thieves come out are your family going to sit about in full pirate gear fighting over the controller to take a turn uh i could arrange it <laughs> so i do know like... they're already set, they're already yeah. setting up the uh the xbox and uh tv so that we've that we can all play on a game show well game show and play anywhere mm. nice well um one thing though if you record a video of it and put it in youtube make sure you get more than 1000 subscribers and 4000 hours of viewing because that's <laughs> the only way you can make any money nowadays did you but... guys get served your notice this morning <laughs> no, i did no. it felt like i have it felt like getting served my notice that email it was just like you're fired that's what it felt like <laughs> That, that that leads me on to to the next story. It is about this YouTube. So for for those that don't know this story, it's just dropped today as we record. We're recording this a little bit later than usual, but small content producers, of which in this gaming industry and a lot of redditors have their own YouTube channels, and now in order to monetize any of your videos, you have to have one thousand subscribers, which is fine. But you also have to have 4,000 hours of viewing time recorded in order to even monetize your videos. Now, we know YouTube's lost some sponsored recently, but why is the little guy suffering all of a sudden? Not as if any of us make any money from YouTube, but, you know, is this just a kick in the nuts to small content creators? More or less. Yeah. I, I don't I think it's awful I mean I don't have a YouTube but I mean seeing other people like how everyone's got to start somewhere if if uh, you know if a company's not going to help it how how does he even expect to grow themselves not saying YouTube need to grow but I don't know YouTube just seems to be going downhill the more the, I don't know I, I'm not we happy. can't all be famous YouTubers like like Mr. Parker well yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait for, for me Reese, you, you got videos up on YouTube. Okay. At one point I, I was into doing videos on YouTube. Um, would that put you off making more videos for YouTube as a result? It's now the goalposts have been moved before you can even monetize a video. Uh, in a word, no, because I wasn't making any money to begin with because I have like so few views. Um, I think my most popular video I ever made only made it to like 80,000 views. So I'm not exactly famous, but so I, I was doing it for fun, uh, just, you know, basically to make my friends laugh or, or whatever. But at the same time, it feels sort of unwelcoming. Like I said, it felt like I was being served my notice. Like this email really read like I had just been fired. Uh, and it, it's not just that they're, oh, my cat's asking to go out. That's great. It's not just that they're, um, they're like not letting you monetize, but they're also not letting you use any of the features that you could use as a member of the partnership program. And I think there's a few things that, uh, like, I, I don't maybe think, I think end cards, for example, are a feature really? of that. Yeah. That's huge. So I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. Like, but I I'm, think so. I, I know that you can't link off site if you're not a partner. partner. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, we all know content creators and they may not be the biggest, but for me, this weakens YouTube and strengthens things like Patreon and streaming services like Mixer and Twitch because 
some people will dedicate their full lives. I, I know a guy that and who has basically dedicated the last four years of his life to try and make it as a content creator. And doing things like this is just a right kick in the teeth for people like that. And I know there'll be people listening to that, listening today that feel the same way. But, you know, there's plenty of other platforms out there that you can get your foot in the door and get yourself seen. And if it's not YouTube, then more fool them. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Also, catch this podcast all, every week on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah, yeah. All all six of our subscribers there. <laughs> we do not really promote our YouTube channel at all. <laughs> <laughs> we probably should. Well, oh, oh, hey, 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 hey. Oh. Front page of iTunes last week, boys. Yep, so last week, I think it was UK only, but we were one of the first things you seen when you logged into iTunes. I got all excited and had to post it in all my social media. And then as quick as we went up, the quicker we get taken off. (laughs) (laughs) But it was good for a day. It was good for a day. (laughs) But the final story is a nice, happy one just to see us off nicely on this podcast threesome. So, Major Nelson Larry Hub, congratulations on your 18th year working for Microsoft. I wish you all the best. And that came from Deadly Name, who I hope is not an assassin. But, yeah, congratulations, Larry. 18 years for the same company. Not many people can manage that, to be honest with you, especially if you're not in the public limelight like yourself. So, congratulations from all of us here at Party Chat. Guys, is it a nicer guy in the business? Not really. I mean, AC is pretty up there, and so is Agostino. Uh, basically, all the Xbox guys. Emma from Rare is certainly up there. But I don't think there is a nicer person who is that high up the food chain as Larry. Because Larry is not just the face of Xbox. He's the re- director of programming. Forget like, the work that he does. Don't you just see him as being the the yeah, yeah. PR person, but it, uh-huh. it must does so much more, so much more. Exactly. And the, the thing is that, you know, with Larry, he is the face of Xbox more or less, and he is so, so busy, but he's always completely genuine. And we have a lot of people ask, well, I know I have a lot of people ask me, and I'm, I'm sure you guys have a lot of people ask you, you know, because we've actually had the privilege of speaking to Larry on several occasions, and they ask us, you know, what he's like. And the truth is, Larry is just Larry. He's genuine, you know, like um, the the Major Nelson voice is real. Don't get me wrong, but he he's just so, I guess, genuine is the only word I can really think of. He's just a really nice guy. Yeah. I, would, I would totally agree with I that. I so. I definitely agree too. Yeah. yeah. The, the funny thing is, is they had a live version of, of Major Nelson's um, podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was a video podcast, and Phil Spencer was on, and then Phil Spencer was on holiday, and a kid came up to him and sort of recognised who Phil Spencer was and asked him um, if he knew Major Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> and if Major strange. Nelson was his boss. <laughs> so, you know, I think, you know, he's a worldwide figure. And 18 years so far, let's hope it's 18 more, Larry. For real. Congratulations, Larry. Congratulations. But I think that's a good point to take us out of this week's podcast. So, for another week, Xbox, turn off. 
You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Let's do this.